Oh, it's so good to be um, back at BT and in this time slot because Bo Thompson, he brings all these people through to do his recordings for the Century Podcast, and I get to see them in the hall. <laughs> so then I get to, I get to catch up with. Oh, I'm not I'm not going to ruin his guests. I'm just like or tell you who they are. I'll let Bo do that. But it was really good to see some folks today. Um, threats of legal action in Union County's public school district. And uh, here's here's my big takeaway. I, I kind of touched on this at the beginning of the show, but you've got policy that dictates an outcome. And in this case, for Union County, it is uh, a policy that requires quarantining at a certain level based on masks being optional. And that's what drove, what, 7,000-plus kids and uh, staff out of the schools at the beginning of the school year in Union County. And so the school board said, well, we're not going to play by these policy rules anymore. We're just going to not do the contact tracing, and we'll leave that up to the health department. And then the health department's like, well, fine, we'll do it. And the state health department's like, how dare you not you know, follow our uh, safer toolkit, whatever, uh, guidelines. And apparently the school district hasn't been giving the health department the information that the health department says that it needs in order to do the contact tracing. So the Charlotte Observer reporting a previously agreed upon plan for how the schools and county would work together on positive cases and quarantine measure uh, measures was in place, but evidently the process was failing prompting the public health director, Dennis Joyner, to threaten legal action late last week. According to a new memorandum that got signed yesterday, Union County Schools agrees to promptly share with the county information that will help identify likely close contacts of a positive case uh, in the seated classroom setting soon after notice of a positive case in the classroom. So, uh, look, I don't know. I generally try not to make predictions like this because, I, I mean, nobody knows, right? Look at what's happening now with the case counts. They're plummeting. North, uh, Florida's numbers are down like 57%. So, like, the masks are working, except they don't have a mask mandate. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, the, the virus, I've been saying this for a year, over a year now. The virus is going to virus. It, it's going to do what it does. And I was having this discussion before the show as well. The vaccines... They're kind of more like therapeutics, are they not? They kind of are. And I'm vaccinated. I recommend people get them. If you care to ask me, you care about my opinion, which most people do not on this, I would say get the vaccine. I don't know your medical history. I don't know anything else. But all things being equal, you should probably get it because it's a, like in my view, it's a preemptive therapeutic. It's much like the monoclonal antibodies. If you can uh, get those within a certain time frame, then you're going to be in a better position to beat COVID-19. And by the way, that's not FDA approved either. That's emergency use authorization as well, just like the vaccines were. So people are trying different things, and I am an all-of-the-above guy. I want to try all of the strategies again because I believe that we are, in fact, practicing battlefield medicine. And so if some people in some state find something that works, do it. And if some other states determine, hey, we tried these things and they don't work, let everybody know so people don't keep doing those things. That's the way you utilize science, right? I mean, to me, my rudimentary understanding (laughs) of the process, that's what you do. You take information in and you assess it and you're like, okay, does it work? How does it work under what circumstances? Uh, And so in my view, I got the vaccine and this means, okay, if I get COVID-19, 
then hopefully my symptoms will be reduced. It's not a guarantee. I still run the risk of dying from it. It's very small, as it is with everybody. But the more comor- uh, comorbidities you have, obviously, the uh, the worse your risk is going to be. And everybody has to make this determination for themselves uh, and their own kids, right? That's you know, that's the, ne- the next battle, right? Um, so I look at it more as a therapeutic because that's what it is. It's not preventing you from getting COVID-19. You actually still do get it and you can spread it and you can even die from it. You can be hospitalized from it. The chances are very low and they're much lower when compared to people who are not vaccinated, but it's a way that you can minimize the risk for yourself. So when you make your own risk calculation, you should take that into account. Um, Now, according to this memo, the school district is now going to promptly share the information with the county. And so then the county will start doing these quarantine orders. Another contentious point was addressed in this agreement. County health officials will, quote, make the final determination as to which students and staff will be instructed to quarantine if deemed a close contact. That refers generally to seven days, 10 days or 14 days where you'd have to sit out. And you got kids that have not been in class more often than they have been because of these protocols. And of course, what this is, what the protocols are designed to do is to force people to adopt a mask mandate in the school district. That's the point. It's like the, it's like the brain scraping tests once a week, right? Go get vaccinated. And if you don't, we're going to subject you to this, you know, procedure, which by the way, once you guys agree to these kinds of uh, protocols, I'm kind of curious, what is the limiting principle here for the future? What's the limiting principle? Can you start subjecting all employees to various other types of mandated uh, disclosure treatments? Like, uh, here's one. How about uh, all restaurant employees have to be tested regularly? I'm thinking probably once a week minimum for like hepatitis. How about that? Can we start requiring that as a diner, as a frequent diner, one who likes to dine in various establishments? uh, I think it's only it's for public health. These are communicable diseases. And, you know, I mean, yes, yes, the risk is really, really, really small. But what I have learned in covid times here is that no small risk is too small for everybody to have to provide their medical information to their employer. That's where we are. What's the limiting principle on this? Is it just communicable diseases? Is it just COVID? Why just COVID? Why would it just be for this one virus? Because other diseases spread airborne too, right? Um, you, the Union County School District has now agreed to, quote, take reasonable steps to ensure individuals who have been identified for isolation or quarantine are not permitted on school property. So they, they'll enforce it if you issue a quarantine, then they'll take reasonable steps to make sure people don't get in the doors. Earlier this month, when the school board members voted to effectively suspend widespread quarantining of students, there are about 7,000 students, or about one out of six, were in quarantine, the majority of whom had not tested positive for COVID. Now, I'm curious, what was that number? You got 7,000 students in quarantine. How many of them actually got COVID? They say a majority did not test positive. Well, did they all get tested 
or did they all just sit at home for the quarantine period and then come back into the classroom and it was just assumed that they did not get COVID because they never presented any symptoms? What's that number? I think that's a pretty important piece of information, don't you? If you're sending 7,000 students and staff home, I think you should know whether this is just an overreaction. That's how you test whether the, the protocols that require the quarantine, that's how you test whether this is effective or not, whether it's efficient or not, whether the juice is worth the squeeze, right? Is the juice worth the squeeze? You're asking yourself that question as you get in your car and get out on the roads. Well, Bloomer Von Ken is about to tell you. Well, when you're sitting there in your silk upholstered chair, talking to some rich folk that you know, well, I hope you won't see me in my ragged company. I literally have my hand floating over the dump button. <laughs> he led me he led me wrong yeah. the first time. News Talk 11 1099 WBT. Playing psychological games with the producer today. There's nothing. I mean, it is a song about heroin abuse, but it's not. There isn't. Okay. That's, there's no cussing in it. As far as I remember. Um, well, it, the thing is, you start thinking, like, am I misremembering it? You start doubting yourself, you know? Uh, all right, so real quick, there's another story from the other day about the Union County Schools uh, and their new policy and how they're trying to, you know, uh, figure this out with the Board of Health that was threatening them and all this. And there's just one, this is one part I just want to mention before I move on here, which is, there's a line from the story... Uh, by Anna Maria Della Costa, new legal threat emerges in Union County showdown over school COVID rules. It says the issue stems from a September 13th school board vote that effectively curtailed widespread quarantining of students, a precaution health experts recommend in order to cut down on possible coronavirus outbreaks. Is it really a recommendation? I would submit it's not. And and I don't think you get to use those terms. I don't think you get to use that word when it's required. Because let's be clear, this is required. It's required as a term of what? Not being sued. Right. So it's not a recommendation. Just like when the state said, when Governor Cooper came out and said he's going to leave it up to the school districts to decide because I think local control is the right reason. And you had all these reporters that were questioning, well, this doesn't make sense. Why don't you mask harder? Mask more, you know, and how come you're not mandating this like you did before? Why are you leaving it up to the locals? And he said, oh, I think this is the right decision now, even though the numbers were going up and up and up. They were higher uh, on the second wave with the Delta variant, right? They were higher and then they were when he put the other mandate in place. So, like, why the different approach now? And he just kept saying that, oh, I think they'll make the right decision. And then as soon as one school district says we're not going to do that, what happens? 
threatened with legal action. So that's not local control. It's not a recommendation. They're telling you to do this. And I think, like, this is what, this is what angers a lot of people. Uh, and, and maybe this is just on the right. I don't know. But I think it frustrates people of all political stripes in that you, you say that something is recommended, you say it is voluntary, and then all your actions and punishments indicate it is neither so uh, maybe just a little honesty in advertising here when you're, you know, discussing this stuff. And look, you got the politics of it. He doesn't want to, you know, Governor Cooper didn't want to do a mask mandate because he didn't want that on him. And maybe he was afraid of getting sued again or he's afraid of approval numbers or what. I don't know. Afraid of, I don't know, is the teachers union telling him he doesn't they, that they don't want it? I don't know. But there was no rational reason why you would approach the masking in schools differently now than you did a year ago. The logic, it, it doesn't make logical sense, the shift that he, uh, that he did, especially when the ramifications are the same, right? So now you've got the school board association, the NCSBA, the North Carolina School Boards Association, reaching out to the governor Asking and lawmakers in the General Assembly asking for help with the tension at local school board meetings over COVID-19 school mask policies. By the way, um, not for nothing here, but part of the problem in convincing and I understand that masks uh, requirements, mask mandates and stuff are generally really popular among Democrats and they're even popular among Republicans, too. I understand that. Anti-masking is, like the anti-mask crowd is a minority. And I know they don't believe that to be true, but, and and maybe in practice it's not, right? Maybe in practice most people forget, quote-unquote, to wear the masks a lot, and maybe in practice most people don't wear it as often as they should. But when asked for polling purposes, they say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm totally for public health, I'm for masks. Like, they, that may be true. I don't know for certain, but... I I recognize that as a possibility. However, the polling does show that masking is more popular than not. So right now, it's the safer bet for politicians. And so Cooper allowed a policy decision on masking kids, right, to be made by the districts rather than ordering the statewide policy through the executive order like he did a year ago. This is by Alex Granados, again, at EducationNC, uh, ednc.org is their website. But the General Assembly then passed, and Cooper signed into law, a bill that requires the school boards to vote on whether masks are required or optional once a month for this entire school year. Right, Because you had this, the teachers' union that was pressuring school boards to act in a certain way, right, uh, whether it was... Uh, not opening back up, whether it was doing virtual, whether it was doing virtual certain number of days per week, whatever, whatever the policies were, the the teachers union was pressuring school boards. And so this was the General Assembly's effort to act as a counterbalance to that kind of influence campaign that the teachers union was running. In an email to legislators sent last Tuesday, Bruce Mildwerf, Mildwerf, 
I think is how he pronounces that. He's the director of governmental relations for the school board's association of the state. He laid out the problems that this has created. I'll tell you what those problems are in a minute. This is another. All right, Brian. Was that me? Oh, that was you. All right, good. All right, hang on. Stop, 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 stop. Re-rack that from the beginning. What? I, these millennials. I don't understand it. All right. Now play it. Right. Do you understand? Like, this is... I was only 19 seconds in. <laughs> this is the... It's the opening riffs. Like, that's the... <laughs> Who jumps to that? All right. Now, there you go. I got an email here from John up in New Jersey. John up in New Jersey, by the way, who has been listening to me on WBT for uh, 15 years. Since the beginning? Yeah, since like 09. Because I was on 9 to midnight, and John would hear me as he worked in his woodworking wood shop up in Jersey, and he would listen because the signal would bounce. It does bounce all the way up into Jersey. John is basically the only redeemable thing about New Jersey. (laughs) I kid New Jersey. No rim shot there? But John does say, Pete, you're doing great. On the uh, bumper music, so I would also include Ryan. Ryan, doing great. Just don't play Sweet Virginia. (laughs) I hate hate you. I hate you so much. (laughs) All right. Well, no, we could play Sweet Virginia. Just that, not I guess that one part of Sweet Virginia. Where where any normal radio producer would play the song, that's you play it at the beginning. You don't immediately jump to the cuss word which, which, halfway through the song. Speaking of that, so like like I pulled up my Apple Music to, to play all these songs today. Yeah. Um, and there's songs in here that actually have an E next to the title, but Sweet Virginia doesn't have the E next to it. So I'm wondering if it was edited. Oh, it might have been. But, I mean, you can't be too safe. Though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. Just having some fun. <clears throat> On a Thursday afternoon. So the North Carolina State Board of, uh, sorry, the North Carolina School Boards of Association have reached out to the governor as well as the General Assembly leaders asking them to change the law that they passed because the law that was passed makes the school boards all around the state have to keep voting once a month to re-up the mask policy. And the school boards don't like doing this because it prompts people to come down to the meeting and yell at them. And they don't like being yelled at. Here is the uh, email to legislators that was sent last week. Quote, a disturbing trend is occurring across the state over COVID-19 mitigation measures. There are increasing numbers of disruptions and cases of Verbal abuse by protesters. 
Boards chairs have been forced to recess or adjourn meetings. There were accusations of one attendee bringing a weapon to a school board meeting. That, well, that was that was our congressman from the mountains. All right, that was Madison Cawthorn. Uh, he just he forgot he had a knife on him. It was uh, it's like in his uh, it's like in his wheelchair or in his pocket or something like. Somebody took a picture of him while he was up there, and they were like, "Oh, look at a knife in his pants or something." I don't like. I looked. I. Did not see it, and I wasn't like going to spend a lot of time examining the dude's pants, so I just I stopped. And uh, but I mean, I take them at the end, like they, they. I think it was uh, this was in Henderson County, and the Henderson County like investigated, and it turns out okay, yes, he had it. He forgot it was on his person or whatever, and that happens. That you know, people have a bot, a, a pocket knife, or you know, a, a loaded AR-15. You go to the airport. I mean, it happens. No, he actually did get in trouble for bringing a gun to the airport as well. So he he keeps forgetting he's armed, apparently, a lot. So, uh, yeah, he was the one. So I think that's who they're talking about here. Um, property has been damaged, the letter goes on. School board members and staff have received threats. Now, obviously, property damage and threats are not acceptable, okay? So, I mean, like, honestly, people, like, your anti-mask people, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? You're 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 up there screaming and yelling about what a health issue, and then you're going to threaten someone's personal health. Like that's kind of you know contradictory. Just want to point that out. You're kind of you know you're losing the plot, um, and it's not helpful because it, now what you do is you uh, you make your target the victim, and now they become more sympathetic, and they get to write stuff like this. This was one of the biggest problems when I watched it happen. Uh, yes, I was repulsed by what I saw on like January sixth. I did not like the images that I was seeing. Um, it was it was disgusting to me. I did not like that. That's not what limited government people are supposed to do, unless you go like unless like this is the end of it, right? You don't you don't LARP that stuff. Live action role play, right? Like the LARPers, like I mean, because that's what a lot of the Antifa people are and a lot of Proud Boys now, and they're escalating and escalating. And so, no, I'm not, I am not a violent person. I'm a lover, not a fighter, right? I don't want there to be violence. My ethos, the libertarian ethos is, you know, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. Like, that's pretty simple to live by. And so when you're busting in windows and, you know, you're assaulting cops, I didn't like it when Black Lives Matter was doing it and Antifa was doing it. I didn't like it when... The January 6th people were doing it, and I really don't care if that offends somebody who's like, oh, I feel bad that you're attacking, you know, violent protests. Well, feel bad. I don't know what else to tell you about that. Um, But this was one of of the biggest problems now is that you gave the left everything they needed. This is why they don't stop talking about it. They keep calling it the insurrection. The democracy was literally hanging in the balance. Like all of this overwrought, overreaction dumbassery that we get now is because of the actions that people took on January 6th. And it's not helpful. It's counterproductive. Much like threatening people with violence because of the mask policy. You got to understand, a lot of the people who are pro-mask are pro-mask and, you know, virulently so because they are terrified. They're terrified. And when, like, I and I think that like to some degree, 
maybe we express a little bit of sympathy for them. Now, for the folks on the other side, you should also understand that people who are opposed to the mass, opposed to vaccines, and they're not the same group, but there is a lot of overlap there. Those folks are very, very scared, terrified even to some extent. Some of them are. They're terrified of the slippery slope of what this is doing to the country, to the kids, and to where this is all leading with government control. So maybe extend a little bit of empathy, sympathy, understanding to them as well. And maybe we can then proceed accordingly. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. A reminder, the second annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive is going on uh, for about another hour. So if you've got some time and you would very much like to help kids that are fighting cancer, you have the opportunity to do so right now. Uh, head on down to the Community Matters Cafe. They got the the big bus, the red blood bus, big red bus. I saw it on the road, uh, actually, the other day when I was leaving work. And uh, it is, in fact, large and red. And um, and so you can go on down there and donate blood to help kids that are fighting cancer. Uh, and uh, while you're there, you get a, uh, something to eat, get some uh, cup of joe or something. I mean, it, yesterday was National Coffee Day, but you could still get some today at the cafe. And you're also going to be helping uh, the life-changing work that uh, Charlotte Rescue Mission does there. So uh, you can go to the WBT website, get, de- uh, get the uh, details of the event at WBT.com slash events. And thank you. We appreciate it. I uh, I did drink a lot of coffee yesterday. Uh, well, I mean, and and today, just like every day. But I did drink a lot of coffee yesterday because it was National Coffee Day. Whereas I normally stop at about thirteen cups, I went for twenty, just because it was National Coffee Day. And um, a lot of people, a lot of places were giving away the free coffee. I saw. Uh, did you get some, Ryan? You're a coffee head. You're a Java head. I did. You, uh, where'd you go? How many places? Let's start there. How many places did you go to? Uh, well, including here. I went no, to- here doesn't count. You don't, I mean, this is free coffee, although it's not free. There's no such thing as free. That's your paycheck that's being deducted, basically, for the coffee supplies. So I went to two places. Yeah, or Actually, no, I went to three places uh, yesterday grief. for coffee. It's ridiculous. All right. Uh, first, I went to Rhino Market, literally right around the corner, <laughs> and they have uh, they have like different kinds of coffee every day. So if you've uh-huh. ever if you've ever been up there, uh, definitely hit hit up that spot. Uh, the second was obviously the coffee here at the radio station. That doesn't count. Well, well I all. just said that doesn't count. Okay, well, I'll tell why. Well, then the third one actually does count because it gets deducted from my paycheck. Uh, I had uh, an espresso at my uh, at my restaurant. At the restaurant in which you work, not Correct. the restaurant you own. Correct. Okay, just to be clear, because. Like, if you owned a restaurant, and I'm just finding out about it now, <laughs> and I haven't been getting free coffee. That'd be burying the lead. That would be burying the very good, see? That was the <laughs> lesson from Tuesday, right? Whoops. Lesson from Tuesday about burying leads and such. Um, so, you know, I did not do, I, I did not have any of the coffee at any of the places. So. I, what, I, There's always next year. Moment of personal privilege here, if you don't mind. What is the deal with Starbucks not taking tips on the card? On the drive-thru, when you go through the drive-thru, how is it that this company 
in its master plan to take over every single street corner on the planet has still not figured out how to let me add a tip on the card that you just ran. Is it because they have to deal with um, like reporting tips and like tax implications? I understand why. Uh, so I understand why it's preferable to tip in cash. By the way, for folks who don't realize this, it is preferable to tip in cash to your server because then the server can pretend that he got stiffed. <laughs> and actually, he did not get stiffed, but he can say he got stiffed, and then he gets the money tax-free. Now, I'm not advocating Unless... that anybody skirts any kind of IRS tax laws. And again, standard disclaimer, I love the IRS. I think they're fantastic, and there are all good people that work there. Go ahead. So I actually so I get all my tips at the end of the night, regardless of credit card or, or cash. What do you do with it if I leave it on the table? Well, it just goes in my book at the at the end of the or I mean I take it with me obviously right and then it's on your person right and then what happens if it just what it just falls out of your book and goes into your pocket oopsie <laughs> right yeah I'm supposed to believe that this never happens um, so that's the reason why if you put it on a credit card there's no getting around that it's it's there it's on the card it's there are records right now if you but if you if you tip in cash or if you leave a little bit on the card and then you leave the rest in cash, yeah, best of both worlds. Correct. Not that we're advocating anything of this sort. We're just letting you know how the, the scoff laws and the criminals operate so you can be aware, so you can chase them out. If you are a server and you're hearing this and somebody does this to you, you want to run after them out into the street yelling that they did not tip uh, on the card and that you are not going to participate in this kind of tax evasive behavior. I'm limbering up for my chase down right now. <laughs> so why is it that there's no way for me to tip on the card at Starbucks? I have to do this stupid thing every single time where I have to pretend to look in my wallet for the cash that I know is not there because I don't carry cash. I mean, you got to have it to carry it. Oh, my goodness. You got to have the cash to carry the cash. So I don't have any, I don't carry it. And I like, I don't understand why I can't just, now they do say, well, if you get the app, I'm not giving you my, I'm not giving you my phone for an app. I'm not going to download the Starbucks app so I can start getting all the alerts. Oh, you just passed the Starbucks. You just passed another Starbucks. You just passed a Starbucks. Like, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to get your app so I can get pinged every single time I pass a corner and a Starbucks is on the corner. So that's not happening. How come I can't leave a tip on the on on the card in the drive thru Did you just get an answer to this question? Uh, I didn't hear the whole thing because I hate when I hate when someone calls in and said that they can't wait and they want me to pass on the message because I hate passing on messages. Why, wait, 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 wait. Why do you hate passing on messages? Because I, because I'm doing hundred things over here. I can't you're, exactly right remember. now. You're just sitting there talking to well, me. Though. Well, so, see, look, someone's calling in right now. It probably has an answer to the well, question. Hang on a second. Watch so, this. <laughs> look at that. I put them on hold now. See, oh. so now you're not even oh, I, doing a one thing. Oh, I thought you're you not were, even doing the one thing. Technically, you could literally just put them on the air if you wanted to. I could. That's how we used to roll back in the day. Uh, I think that I think the caller said that it's pay. It's it's what I thought. I think it's payroll related. It's payroll related. So what? The, if, it, if it's claimed on the credit card, I think it has to. It's it's obviously goes into payroll. Like right. It's, oh, think, and what they don't want to pay their people. Probably. <laughs> no, it's probably. I, I mean, I understand it'll be more cumbersome. Do you want to? This person's probably calling for that. We have like twenty seconds. If you want to, oh, as Limbaugh would have said, not enough time to be fair to another caller. <laughs> um, but if you want to, I mean, we can screen it. And t I mean, look, 
What is the point of having this this platform, this radio show right now for me, if I can't get this question answered? <laughs> really, what is this all about? What is this for? What am I even doing here? We've, we failed. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Believe it or not, this was not part of my show prep. <laughs> I have a whole stack. Okay. News Talk 11 WBT. News is next. Maybe an answer to my question. We'll find out. Will Pete get an answer to his question? Stay tuned.